Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you very, very much for your continued support, a platform that is number one industry-related platform in, well, podcast, in the universe. There you go. In the, and it's all backed up by data. Yeah. <laughs> in it's, line with all of the data collection yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it is a platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you're bold, brave, you dare greatly, you innovate, you collaborate, you solve problems, and you're making the world a better place. That's why we celebrate you. And we're also here on site, Hexagon Live, Las Vegas, Nevada. And what stays in Las Vegas, well, what? What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. But you need to put Hexagon Live on your bucket list to attend next year because the innovation is absolutely spectacular. He's a legend. He's brilliant. He's Marty Osborne. Accenture is the company. You might have heard of them. So let's get cracking with the conversation. There. I'm worn out, Marty. Take it away. <laughs> that, just start, yeah, what a, what a just great... Just start rambling. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. What a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always good to be on the, like, the world's leading number one, yeah, the, the, you know, uh, The platform. number one industrial-related podcast in the universe. It goes beyond galaxies. It goes to the universe. Yeah, you just never know where it's going. And, no. Uh, oh, and I guess that's why, you know, what happens in Vegas is not going to stay in Vegas because no. we're going to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Why, why would we hold back this brilliant guy right here, this yeah. uh, Marty Oz? I, I have to tell you that it's pretty funny. You get these <laughs> night events, you know, you go to these conferences, and I said they're like these witches brew. You know, it's like <laughs> you take people, customers, <laughs> dinners, alcohol. You're not quite sure what you're going to get every, every day. So I was in uh, Barcelona, and they eat late, right? Yeah. And I remember I'm just sitting there and, my, and you're tired you're, you're 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 fatigued and it's like 11 o'clock at night and you've got to eat yeah. you've got to eat yeah or or you die you know there's yeah. a there's a health reason there and so I'm getting on it I'm going 11 30 I'm finally eating I'm going to eat my arm off and I'm just getting on it but but that's what this place is all about right? yeah it's um I mean conferences are great I mean I think we yes, all I agree with I mean, that I mean we um I mean, we missed it. I mean, we really mm. did. You know, we went through that period and, you know, there was a time where, like, will we ever get together? And I think, you know, that's probably why these are so great is the connections that we, it is. That we make. And uh, I'll have to tell you a quick story. I heard something. Uh, Danny Myers, he, he's a restaurateur out of New York. He has Yes, the, uh, I know that name. Yes. The Union Hospitality Group. Yes. Um, runs amazing restaurants in New York. And he wrote a book called Setting the Table. And um, just some really great things about hospitality. But he had a thing called ABCD. Okay. And it's always be connecting dots. Oh, how about that? And that was one of his big That's sort of mottos is, is always be collecting dots. And, you know, one of the things that we do kind of, you know, as we grow our organizations or whether we try to get better at uh, maintenance systems or yeah. whatever we do, one of the keys is how do you connect the dots, right? How do you learn what's going on? And that's why I think these conferences yes. are so important because they allow us to connect dots we would never connect or we just don't have the opportunity, you know, FaceTime and, you know, Zoom and that kind of stuff. You can't do it. So I think that's what's exciting and just being here for a couple of days. I mean, I get to see old friends. I get to see yeah. you. I get to see people. And we Which have is different... the highlight of your visit. Exactly. Right this here. podcast. Um, <laughs> 
But, but that's interesting because you're absolutely right. And I, I think as the world continues to sort of evolve and grow and digitalize and, and people are just constant, smart people are constantly sort of changing, disrupting the, the, the way we look at things. Um, if you're not connected, if you're not collaborating, if you're not recognizing that that has to happen, then you're going to be left behind because there's just, there's so much out there. There's so much out there that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Yeah, you don't yeah. even know you don't know it. I mean, we just I, I, again. I think one of my big philosophies is also is just always be learning, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, I yes. think if you look at truly successful people and all the best, they're always reading, they're listening, they're doing yeah. podcasts, yeah. they're they're attending events, and so they're always connecting those dots. And that's one of the things that I think is. You know, my recommendation and people always ask sort of, you know, like, what would be your some keys to success? And it was that constant learning, right? Constant educating because we can't just know it all. And we there's so many great people that, you know, that can guide us. And which, so which is a great segue of, of, of so I was at the uh, keynote, right? The, the opening keynote. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about, you know, all of the. The things that are taking place within Hexagon and, and the use cases and real life examples. And it, and it just always blows my mind because it, it, it's like, what is this world going to be like? And How cool is it? It is. It's, it's like, what are, you know, our kids or grandkids, whatever it is, what is it going to look like? Yeah. And, and how, how are they going to just make decisions? And I think, well, I think they're going to be even better. I still think every day, you know, that that sort of sped up world, we just keep getting better. We do cooler things. We learn new things, you know, whether it's even in just energy or, you know, power or just, I think, sustainability things that I think we just keep learning and we get better at it and some things work and some things don't, but... um, uh, you just have to be out there seeing what's going on. How do you deal with, and yes, we're going to be talking about the state of EAM. <laughs> if we get to it, I'm not going to hold my breath. How do you deal with the human side? I get the technology. I get, I get the, the individuals, and it's just, there's this human connect, or, or it's the human side. Yeah. And, and, do you get people talking about being displaced or where do we go? Population is increasing. I'm just looking at it from just that perspective. Yeah, yeah. And as we become more efficient, um, more insightful and more whatever. What, what, tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, again, I think we're always, you know, going to be driving efficiencies, right? And I think That's that, um, you know, we see it in any kinds of automation. We see it, you know, from autonomous vehicles to autonomous loading um you know we see it in maintenance right we see all kinds of things evolving but we just sort of morph to a new area like where people are and where the needs are right so it's funny is that's true you think about the productivity gains and everything that we've made yet we still have a shortage of labor and so i think that as we become more productive we still require more people. And I'll, I'll give you a kind of a great, no, that's good. give you a great example is, um, and, and it's funny, we run into, now this probably gets back to EAM, but you know, when we start talking about mobile, like one of the things that I think one of the biggest trends is, is moving to mobile, right? Cutting that cord, getting off the desktop, getting off paper. And we've been talking about this for years, forever. forever. And it keeps evolving and there's still challenges, right? Connectivity, disconnect, 
activity. But what happened, and I remember I had this one client, and they said, well, we don't really like the mobile. We gave it to the mechanics, and I don't like it. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, we know where this Guns. is kind of going, but it's sort of the example like around ATMs, right? If you think of an ATM, mm. you know, and I asked the uh, bank president, what do they think of ATMs, right? They're a great productivity tool. They allow us to serve our customers better. If I ask the customer, what do you think of the ATM? I can get my money anytime I want. I don't have to wait in line. It's always there, but then ask the teller, what do they think of ATMs, right? And their first mindset is, well, it's going to take my job. I don't like it. When in actuality, we have more tellers today than we did 10 years ago. Oh, no kidding. Because what happens is banks just sort of evolved. They didn't become... You know, just where you got money, when you go into a teller, you're more customer service. You start doing other things. And you really notice, like, you don't see fewer banks these days. You see more. Like, they're almost like micro to service the customer or whatever. And so I think it's sort of the same thing. I think we just don't do the same job. But I think we do better jobs. We do more efficient jobs. We do other things. So delivering, man. Oh, man. I knew. I was was holding... (laughs) Keeping my powder dry because I said I'm going to be talking to Marty about this. Yeah. I just wanted to get his insights and 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 granted you you didn't disappoint. Doggone it. Well, we also have a saying: business would be easy if people weren't involved, but uh, <laughs> but they are. We do. Yeah. <laughs> you know they are, and, uh, yeah, and and we have to think about that. And the analogy of the ATM. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the ATM because I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. How how ironic is that? Yeah. Sit and talk to people. Yeah. Well, you just, you know, you need, it, it's, it's a service you need quick, fast. You don't want to get out of yeah. your car. You don't want to, yeah. you go in. Yeah, you don't want to talk to me. You just need to dial in and get your money. And so I think we continue as, you know, getting back to EAM, but <laughs> I do think that there's these efficiency trends and things that, you know, take time. Like, you know, things, while we expect things to be overnight, they do take time to evolve and to learn and, you know, infrastructure has to keep up with it. The devices are getting better. And so um, I still think probably mobile is still the, I would say it's number two in, 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 you know, I think big trends and where people need to go. I still am a big believer in the cloud, right? The cloud, you know, the SaaS model, yeah. like that's, you know, and it's funny is it's an overnight success. I started with that. Uh, in 2000 or 1998, we we actually set up our first. It wasn't called cloud; it was called hosting. But we started wow. in 1998, building out the first online maintenance model. And you know, here we are now, you know, 2023, and it's still, you know, gaining ground. I mean, but we're really? still even getting acceptance. Yeah, Why? I mean, you. I think. Um, I think that's. I don't want any on-prem. For me, no on-prem. I want cloud all the way, wherever it is, just because, well, I can be here yeah. and access it. I could be there and access it. Yeah, I think it's there. I think a lot of it is back to the technology and, and how you develop and how you deploy it. And it is a mindset, right, to believe in that. And it's still not even over 50%, and you would be shocked. <gasps> but, yeah, you still, the big boys, the Maximos, the SAPs, those worlds – you know, they're still heavy, heavy on-prem, huh. customized, customized systems, those kind of things where Hexcon EAM, with its cloud, it's time to value. I mean, literally, you can place an order, and within hours, you have a link accessing your system. I mean, it's that quick, 
that easy. And um, I'm still surprised that it's... Uh, and, and the other thing that I always... When, when we had on-prem systems, which I'm quite familiar with, um, when you had updates, okay, here comes a stack of uh, CDs and you're coming on in and you're shutting everybody mm-hmm. down and, okay, go out, we're going to be doing it, we're going to do an update on this thing. Yep. The, the SaaS model is like, it just, hey, check it out. Looks I, that's new. Oh, I think the, you know, it's, it, the, the part that kind of blows people's minds is used to think we get an upgrade. Oh, it's going to take us six months. It's going to, we got to test, we got to do all this stuff. And it's like up and running. And, but it was funny is even with cloud customers, getting them to believe and accept that just says this update, let it run. You're going to be fine. You don't need to run all these tests. It took a lot. It's over the years. It's still a battle. And I think that was one of the big things that within the EAM team in training the customer and educating the customer, getting them to believe that was, it took time. And once they did now, yeah, updates, you basically get a link and say, we did a patch, we did an upgrade, we did, like. The way way you deal with it today. I mean, it's like, hey, got an update with my word. It's got the new little feature, which I'll never use. It's the same thing. But that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I think that's, so I still think, yeah, believe it or not, and, you know, to think I've been talking about this for 25 years um, and, you know, doing this, but it's just something I've always believed in and, when people want to go on-prem, I just shake my head. But there's, it's still maybe protection of the IT team. It's still, you know, they want control over their servers. Um, but it's like, why? And um, That's it. It's, it, it's yeah. got to ask the why. Yeah. Go ahead. How do you, how do you um, with all of this change, with all of this stuff, how do you, in, in, I guess, inspire people to, get as passionate as you are with EAM <laughs> and to backfill and to, to say, yeah, this is a great career, whatever. And that, that how do you do that? Oh, it's a hard one. Because uh, every time I talk to you, I want to get back into EAM. <laughs> I, I know. Okay. Well, I guess maybe that's my job as an evangelist and, and what I see in the tool set it is. I think it just really takes, um, it takes a team. It takes, um, getting people excited. And again, it's sort of back to these conferences, right? When you yeah. talk to people, it's sort of like they come back together and they remember why they did something or they think about it and then they want to go back to the organization and, you know, get fired up, right? I think leadership has to help do that. And that's where I do think when I was, I was laugh because people talk about change management, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm mixed on it because nobody likes the word change and wants it, but it is a component of getting people excited, right? Getting people to see, to rally around a cause. And I think if you remember, one of the things we did in initial, we roll out projects is we we walk around and we'll say, uh, look around and we see a quality banner. We see a safety banner. We see all kinds of banners. And we were like, well, where's your maintenance banner? And they'll look at us like, huh? We're like, no, where's your maintenance banner? Like, where's that rallying cry? Yeah, yeah. And they don't. And so what happens is when we kick off projects, we start with basically a maintenance summit. And over those summit is we talk about what is the maintenance and, you know, or the mission and the vision of the maintenance team, right? You know, a lot of them, it's, you know, to deliver 
capability to deliver productivity. And so I think what happened is a lot of people would just start projects and they just sort of walk in and say, you're going to use this maintenance system and they don't understand why. And so it's kind of the Simon Sinek thing is start with why right up front. Yeah. Here is why we do it. And we, we used to call it pride, which is people really interested in delivering excellence. And so we'd say pride maintenance. And so we would build these banners, coffee mugs, hats, and basically have this three-day summit where people get all excited about here's the tool, here's why it matters. And, and that's when we really found success is getting people to the why, not just the how. I don't see how you could get around that. I mean, I, don't you think that, that that just saying, hey, you got to use this system is the old way? And I think that uh, people have to state the why. They have to also be able to identify the problem that's causing them pain, too, mm-hmm. in a way that is like, oh, okay, that's tangible. I don't have to deal with that. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's just interesting. So um, there was the acquisition with uh, Hexagon and EAM. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What are you excited about that sort of relationship? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of just maybe rejuvenation, you know, back into the brand, back into the product. You know, it really, I mean, the size of the deal was incredibly yeah. large. And, and, and so I think in one regard, you know, sometimes maintenance sits in the back corner. It doesn't, you know, people want to talk about ERP, they want to talk about CRM, they want to talk about design stuff. You know, nobody really wants to talk to your mechanic, right? You just want your car to run. And so what I really think is it brought and shined the light on, on a group, on an industry that has huge value. And I think that was one of the really cool things is it really, I hate to say it's, we believe, I think when customers believe that maintenance matters is when they make a difference, right? You know, that word matter. Yeah. You know, it does maintenance matter. And when it does, right, then you provide the right tools, you provide the right training, you provide the right access to it. And so, again, I think that's, that kind of jumped out and helped us carry that theme of, you know, when maintenance matters. Maintenance does, but there's always that, um, that, that conversation around the cost of maintenance and the impact to the bottom line. And, but then they don't triangulate or translate it into a situation where if you have a catastrophic event, your, your facility is down, mm-hmm. what's that cost? Yeah. You know, what, what do you, what's impacting you there? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think you hit it. Like, you know, maintenance, and again, you can get into all these debates. Is maintenance a cost or is it an investment, right? right? right. And we truly believe it's an investment, just like going to the gym, you know, working out. Is that gym membership an investment or a cost? It's a cost. I, I, I work out, but the internet <laughs> says I have to work out, so I do what the internet says. Yeah, I mean, but we know that. And so I think we try to do those things that prevent downtime. Now, I think the hardest thing is if you don't know what that event is and you can't quantify it, right, we just wait till we get hit with it. Where, and I'll give you, I'm going to give you a secret. This is for your listeners only. And, uh, That's right. And this is patented and, Marty Osborne, yeah. okay? And enter the promo code of... <laughs> Well, one of the things that's funny when I talk about maintenance and we talk about ROI, one of the things that everybody sort of focuses on downtime and, and reliability, and it's all good stuff, but it's how do you measure that, right? But if you think about just maintenance alone, when you think about how much spare parts 
and what we buy to supply it. And what happens, and it was funny, is we always, people would say, oh, it's just that Granger crap, or it's just, you know, <laughs> that stuff over there. And if you walk into, like, storerooms, and we walk into plants, and there's parts everywhere, yeah. it's money. And so one of the things is we start to change the conversation. And so I'll ask it, I'll go through the plant, and I'll say, you know, hey, Scott, I've been noticing your, your part spend. What do you guys spend, you know, a year in parts? And I have a client one time, and they said uh, fifty million, Woo-hoo. right? And yeah. I guarantee, if you ask every one of your listeners when they right. go and just ask a simple question, what do they spend in parts? And it's twenty million, thirty million. I had a client a hundred million dollars in <laughs> spare parts. So think about it. they're writing a check, and so my key is, I always multiply. It, I call it the power of three. So I say, so over the next three years, you're going to spend three hundred million in parts, and they're like, yep. 300 million? Yep. So if we could save you 10% through better tools, better planning, the right stuff, that's $30 million. That's real money. That's real bottom line. That's checks you're not having to write. And I tell you what, it changes the conversation, that power of three, you know, and it just all of a sudden people don't realize that that Granger crap is expensive and you've got to do it. And so, you know, I, you know, so I do think that that's a bigger trend here is when we just put it in the RP and we just buy parts when we don't really track it. I'm surprised that people don't, I'm surprised. That's why I said, this is the secret. Again, (laughs) this is the sauce. I've had those conversations. It's like, really, do you have to buy the 25 pound bolt when you don't, and it's been on the shelf for what, how long? Or, you know, things yeah. like that. I'm surprised. It's, it's, people buy motors, they buy just in case inventory, right? Well, if I can't get it, they're going to cut me back. I'll buy two, I'll buy three, right? And MRO parts are not oh. like wine, they're not like wine. They don't get better with age. Speaking of wine, you, yeah. are you still doing the wine? Thing? No, we're not. God, because I yeah, I I still haven't received my bottle, so yeah. Just, uh, well, it's still it, there's still some in the shelf there, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's I think one of the things that I've looked at is sometimes maintenance. We have to get better at yes selling and promoting. Um, you know, I, I did a thing years Bingo. ago. If people when I was with DataStream and. You know, I was talking about, you know, the new features and functions and you can do all these whiz bag things. And then I asked the boss, asked the real question. So what? Right. So what? So what if I can, you know, do this and that and I get these three new features and and slice that. You know, so what? So so as maintenance people, as a team, we have to be able to answer the so what. We have to show the value that we're going to provide. And I think that just the simple part analogy, I mean, I've sold deals on six slides because the slides are the opportunity is, you know, is $300 million. The prize is 30 million in savings. And if you do these things, um, you know, then you will. And I, I think it sort of comes to my last trend. And I think number three, and again, it's a question we constantly ask is maintenance systems have to be mission critical, right? They have to be part of the process. Yeah. And if you don't believe it again, then it doesn't matter. So I think, you know, that third trend, you know, big trends going, you know, really going around, you know, the, the cloud. And I yeah. think that's simplicity. The second one is, you know, we're going to keep evolving mobile. Yeah. It's just going to keep getting better. And then lastly is, you know, making sure how do we make that maintenance matters, okay. right? How do we answer it? So. You're awesome. <laughs> hey, 
I was looking forward to this conversation just because you're awesome. How do people get a hold of you now? Because I have my my contact information for Marty Osborne is uh, well dated. Yeah, well, it's still the same. I mean, you can reach me at marty.osborne at Accenture.com. Okay. Uh, or even my, my gold email address if you have it. I won't say it, but, <laughs> but it still works. I have that. All right. All right, listeners. We're going to have all the contact information for Marty because you can tell it he has mad skills. Thank you very much for joining. And we are once again broadcasting from Hexagon Live. It is a great event. Put that on your calendar. Look for it out there coming 2024. I don't have a date, but there it is. But anyway, Marty, you are always great. Oh, Scott, it's great talking always to you. Always great. And let me, let me go on and on and on. I do. I love it, man. I was telling my <laughs> wife, I just said, I'm going to be talking to Marty, man. He, she's going to be, he's going to be chirping. He's going to make it easy for me. All right. We're going to wrap it up on the other side, so stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. I have one word. One. Well, I have multiple words, but this one word is great. Marty Osborne is great. I Every time, every time we start talking about maintenance, we start talking about asset management and everything, everything in between, whatever that looks like, Marty delivers. He has seen so much. He's experienced so much. Uh, reach out to him. Reach out to Team Accenture. And, uh, you know, let's start managing our assets a little bit better. And and he's he's definitely the guy to at least begin that conversation. Marty Osborne. All right. Hexagon Live. We don't have a date, but it's next year. And uh, uh, it was a fabulous event. And talking about sustainability, talking about uh, innovation, talking about technology that really enables you to be a better company or, you know, value your business. All right. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. Hang out with Osborne and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation shortly.